The 2022 NFL Draft is now less than two weeks away to celebrate here on Blue Friday. Nick Lee and I are going to be conducting a seven-round Seahawks mock draft that would surely rock the NFL world. We're going to have a blast doing this here on our latest installment of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for our Blue Friday episode, my co-host, Nick Lee. Thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Before we get to a jam-packed seven-round mock draft, got to hand out our winner. This week, we had a contest to win a Quandre Diggs uniform, jersey number six, either in navy and white. You get to pick one of those two colors. We have a winner thanks to all 594 entrants for the contest. Our winner, Braden Growrud. If I mispronounced your name, my apologies. But Braden Growrud, you are the winner. Make sure to contact us with a direct message, locked underscore Seahawks, to claim your prize. We'll also be putting a post up congratulating you on your victory. You're going to be getting a Quandre Diggs jersey, either a blue one or a white one. So again, hit us up, locked underscore Seahawks. Thanks to all of our nearly 600 entrants for taking part in this contest. Let's get to today's mock draft. And Nick, this was something that a lot of our listeners were asking about after Wednesday's show. We had three different locked on hosts, the Packers, Jaguars, as well as the Saints, make pitches to trade for Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. And a number of our listeners, even though most of them said we don't want this to happen, we're just curious. What would the draft play out like if you accepted one of those offers and then conducted a seven-round mock draft? So after looking at all the offers, you and I decided, and Rob Rang agreed with us as well on the show on Wednesday, that the Jaguars gave the best deal. Pick 33, pick 65, and pick 70 in exchange for DK Metcalf. Three picks on day two in this year's draft. That gives the Seahawks five picks in the second and third round, as well as the number nine overall pick. And so we've already made that trade. We've put it into our draft network mock simulation. We can only make one more trade. That is the only rule for today's mock draft. So without further ado, Let's get to it. We can see that we are on the clock at pick number one or pick number nine. And Nick, you and I talked about this before the show, and I think that there is a strong possibility that this is going to happen. The New Orleans Saints want to get a quarterback. That has to be their rationale for getting a second first rounder so that they can package those together to move up. In this particular mock draft, they already offered us a first, a third, and a future second I would like to try to get both of those first round picks. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to, if you're obviously the need for the saints is there and maybe I don't know if desperation is the right word, but certainly going to play to their, to their desire to, to move up, to get that quarterback. looks like it probably will be Kenny Pickett. I imagine in this, in this scenario, um, perhaps uh, it, it's, you, you definitely want to get as many day one, day two picks as possible. So this is, this is definitely something worth exploring. And I don't think that John Schneider will be able to help himself. Uh, but accept something like this to move down a couple slots and and recoup more more picks, especially on day two. 
I look at the players that are still available. Obviously, Ahmad Gardner, there's a temptation there because that guy is an elite talent. Jermaine Johnson is still on the board. Derek Stingley is still on the board. Jamison Williams. You've got Jordan Davis, Trevor Penning. I think if you've got that many players there, you at least have to consider. So let's see what we can do with the Saints. Because, again, they offer us a first, third, and a future second. Maybe that would be a trade to be willing to do, but I want to get those two first round picks. Definitely. And so let's see if we can work this out with the Saints. So we'll give pick nine. We get the two first rounders. Right now, offer acceptance is very low. So we're going to have to throw something else in there to sweeten the pot. I figured it was probably going to be that way. Maybe that, maybe if we maybe do have a bunch of second and third rounders from that Jaguars trade that we made. But I think if we trade pick 109, and honestly, I think a future seventh just to, or a future sixth even to really sweeten the pot, that didn't seem to do much for them as far as oh, there you go. trade. But giving up the fourth, I don't know if they'll accept this or not. Let's see if they will, though. Let's see if we can get those two first rounders. They accept it. All right. All right. So without <laughs> further ado, Let's see where we can go here. We now have made our one trade, so we can't make any more trades. We're going to get offers, but we're on the clock here at pick 16. All right, Nick, this is where it gets interesting. We lost out on several players that we may have had interest. This is the risk with trading down. Johnson, Gardner, Stingley, Davis, they're all gone. But we do have a tackle in Trevor Penning. We get an interior defensive lineman in Devontae Wyatt. Desmond Ritter, if we want to go quarterback. Kenny Pickett is still there. Tyler Linderbaum, the center that you and I both love. Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. There's a lot of talent still on the board here. Yeah, I, I think the need for their tackle. I, I think tackle is a huge need. I know I've been pounding the table for center, but I, as far as how normally in a normal situation, yes, I think you might want to go center, but I, I just think the need is so dire at both tackle spots. Uh, Penning is very, very tempting there, especially as you have a pick later coming up. You can really take almost you can almost have two of these guys right now on the board. Only a couple. I of think, I think we pick. have to pick Penning here because at 16, yeah. I think there's good value. I would not take him at number nine, mm-hmm. but he's an incredible athlete that has a lot of upside. And like you mentioned, they need tackles. They have three of them on the roster right now with a combined five NFL starts. So they absolutely need to bring in some talent to replenish. To me, this isn't even a discussion. I think we have to take Penny because he's not going to be there at 19. Six, seven, long, lengthy, powerful. I like it. So let's do it. Let's get a tackle to protect whoever the quarterback is going to be. And again, we can't take any of these other offers. That was one rule we put in. We can make (laughs) one trade. We already did that. So we're back on the clock now, Nick. And you look at the couple players that were picked, Devontae Wyatt and Zion Johnson. So we could still upgrade our line at the center position with Tyler Linderbaum. We could get Desmond Ritter or Kenny Pickett. We can draft Devin Lloyd to bolster the linebacking core. George Karloftis, if you want an edge. I personally, I know they just signed Geno Smith, but that is not something that should deter you from taking a quarterback. Oh, heck no. I don't think if you take Des, if you don't take Desmond Ritter or Kenny Pickett here, I have a feeling at pick forty we might not be able to get any of the top five quarterbacks. Yeah, you might might even get Sam Howell at forty. Who knows? Um, yeah, so of, of those two, um, I'm probably leaning uh, towards. I don't know, I'm probably leaning towards Desmond Ritter, but. In that in-between, I agree. 
that you, you'll probably lose a chance to really feel good about a possible franchise quarterback in this draft if you pass up on a quarterback here. So even though it might be a quote reach for for some people with Ritter, I don't think it really is. You you got to go with what you need, and you get your franchise tackle and perhaps a, at least a shot at a franchise quarterback in the same first round. Sign me up. Yeah, I would be tempted to pick Linderbaum here just to really meet up that offensive Ooh, line. Yeah. But I think you've got to – Ritter's a quarterback they like. Yeah. They just had a meeting with him. I think we got to take him. He's got all the tools, doesn't turn the ball over. He's won at the college level. Yeah, it's hard to argue against that for sure. So if the Seahawks can get out of the first round and they are able to draft their tackle – of the future in Trevor Penning and also get their quarterback, potential quarterback of the future in Desmond Ritter. You have to like that setup. I mean, you're getting two of the most important positions filled long-term. So I like those first two picks. We're going to get to our second and third round. And I'll tell you, it's going to be busy. We've got, I believe five picks in the second and third round after acquiring those three selections in exchange for DK Metcalf from the Jaguars. So we get a jam packed, Next, second, and third round coming up here in a moment. This mock draft here on Locked on Seahawks is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information needs. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting and wagering informational needs from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Blue Friday edition. We are now less than two weeks away from the 2022 NFL draft. So we are conducting our latest seven-round mock draft with a major twist. Wednesday, we got some trade offers for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. We decided at the urging of a number of listeners to see what that would play out like on draft weekend if the Seahawks made one of those trades. We got three day two selections from the Jaguars in exchange for DK Metcalf. And now, Nick, we are on the clock. Four of these five picks that we are going to be making here came from other teams and a chance to replenish our roster. You look at what's still on the board. Some really intriguing names. I already know who I want to pick here. I don't even need to scroll <laughs> down and pick number 33. There's one name that jumps out to me. Uh, let me guess. It, it's it's uh, it, His initials are BM. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need to add a BM to the Seahawks. <laughs> boy, hey, Mafia, I, I know he's your boy. He's your guy. Um, I, I would have no qualms with that either, just to be devil's advocate. Uh, a guy like Quay, Quay Walker. A solid linebacker at Georgia. You you can't really go wrong picking you know the top five defenders from Georgia last year or top six or seven even. Um, so you 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 would feel an immediate need at linebacker there. Um, and, and pairing him with Jordan Brooks would be I think a, an awesome pair. So I, I'm kind of leaning. I, I want to. I'm probably gonna go on the easy side and go Boye Mafe too. I just the meteoric rise. The, all the tools are there. Clearly not a polished product, but man, he, as far as a ceiling goes for edge rushers in this draft. He's got to be one of the, the one, has one of the highest ceilings. If it was a little later, I would be thinking about David Ojabo for Michigan. He's coming off the Achilles injury, might not play this year, but could have been a top five pick before that injury. But I think you've got to go with Mafa here. The Seahawks need a prolific pass rusher off the edge. I think this kid is just scratching the surface of his potential. So let's do it. Plus, Mafe just visit with the Seahawks. They're clearly interested in him. 
Okay. So that was pick 33. So now we're back on the clock at pick 40. I completely slipped my mind that Seahawks had a pick from the Jaguars. So we just picked Mafe. Now we have pick 40 and 41 here, Nick. Looking at the board, you mentioned Quay Walker. I think Quay Walker could make a lot of sense here as your replacement for Bobby Wagner to play next to Jordan Brooks. I think he would be an exciting addition here. Nicobe Dean is a really darn good linebacker, too. A little undersized. That's my concern with him going to a 3-4. Is he going to have enough bulk to be able to play that middle linebacker position? But man, is he a player. Both those Georgia linebackers could make sense here. And then scrolling down the board, if we wanted another rusher, Abikati's still there. Tariq Woolen at cornerback. There are plenty of options out here for us. And we got to remember, we have two picks right here. There's, exactly. there's two straight picks. So you can pretty much pick two guys off this board. I'm a big fan of Quay Walker. I think he's got that he's will, will linebacker traits you know, in run and chase, good, solid run defender. And what I really like is that he was one of the leaders, one of the communicators on that just stud, star-studded championship defense for Georgia. He was one of the leaders and one of the guys directing traffic. So I, I think that's a, a huge, huge, uh, huge trait for him. So he would be one of my picks. Uh, I know you like Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State as well. Um, getting a guy like him that can do a little bit of everything, especially as a hedge. With you, you got Rashad Penny and Chris Carson on short deals now. After this, I year. just can't. I can't. I cannot get myself to draft a running back this early though. This year, <laughs> I just. I, and you know, I love my running. Oh, back. I know. And the pitchforks would be out, but he, he's a guy. Maybe, maybe we get lucky and he falls. But um, so Quay Walker probably be number one. Tyler Smith is a, an intriguing interior lineman. Um, and I know we got. To, I think I saw a couple. Yeah, Tariq Woolen is another guy I'm really excited for. A very He's what I like to call toolsy, very toolsy corner. So if I had worries me in the second round. um, Yeah. Yeah. Because you watch the film, there's a lot of polishing that needs to be done, but man, he's got the traits. Uh, I actually, you know, I'm torn here. I think we got to pick a Georgia linebacker. Which one? (laughs) Walker is not viewed as highly as N'Kobe Dean in most draft circles, but I just think he's a better fit for a three, four. Personally. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do that here. Let's let's pick Quay Walker and let's get another linebacker to add to the mix. Oh, Seahawks are drafting linebackers again. It's a need. I mean, there's no question about it. You just lost Absolutely a is. perennial all pro in Bobby Wagner. You need somebody else to be a running mate with Jordan Brooks. We got that. And we're right back on the clock. Again, we can't make a second trade in part because we did this for time constraints. But I think now that we've got our linebacker. We've been able to go out and add a few other pieces. We got a, a pass rusher. We got our quarterback. We got a tackle. We lost DK Metcalf. And so I think at this point, I think we pick a guy the Seahawks have already shown interest in that's 6'5 and ran in the four threes. Very similar athletic profile, not as big as DK Metcalf. He's not 230 plus pounds, but Christian Watson from North Dakota State. I think would make a lot of sense here. You know what? I, I I was I was so into draft mode, I completely forgot that we have to re- we have to replace DK Metcalf somehow. <laughs> so, yes, yes, he's got the size. He, I mean, obviously with the small school stuff, it's it's a bit. It's you know. I'm worried if we don't pick him now, even though we're going to be back on the clock here soon, there's enough of a gap there. I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah, he's got great ball skills. Good, yeah, he's good yak for his size. Good yak uh, potential. Like, I, I think that's a solid pick for sure. Yeah, we've got to pick a receiver now that we've traded one away. And Watson is definitely a guy the Seahawks have had interest in. So we get Walker, we get, get Watson. Walken. 
We'll be back on the clock again at pick 65, and then we're going to turn around and be on the clock again at 70. So that's the plus side. We get a lot of picks in the meat of the draft in round two and round three. And, of course, we can't take any of these trade offers. But here at pick 65, we've addressed tackle, we've addressed quarterback, edge, receiver, linebacker. We haven't gotten a corner. If we want to get another tackle, I think it could make some sense here potentially. Travis Jones is an interior defensive lineman that I love. I think at pick 70 could make some sense. Uh, he's a good fit in either 3-4 or 4-3 schemes. If we want to go running back, the top two guys are still there. I really like Brees Hall. So that might make sense here now at pick 65. And there's a couple other intriguing players on here. Uh if you want to go linebacker again, you have Darian Beavers. We got a couple edges. Um, Drake Jackson. We got some tight ends on the board. Abraham Lucas is still there. I think that's repetitive with Trevor Penning, though, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather draft a, maybe a little bit more of an athletic tackle that I can, because I don't know that Trevor Penning can play left tackle in the NFL. Right. So maybe you get another hedge there. I'm actually thinking here, you either take a running back. Travis Jones, the defensive tackle out of UConn, or I know he's not listed high on this particular draft board, but Penn State tackle Rasheed Walker, I think is a yeah. natural left tackle in this draft class. Yeah, he's a guy I know you're high on. And this, I, I'd say about 70 is probably where, where some people do have him. I've seen him go up and, and I, we I, could take the risk. We could try to wait till right. 70 if we wanted to. Because he's could. way down on the draft board here. I, I think that that's probably smart. I, I think waiting till 70 for him, because that, that's a great pick at 70, though. I agree. If if, if he goes, I'm assuming he'll fall that far. Just what was that? Four four teams in between picks. Um, I, I agree. Running back is probably a good one um, to pay devil's advocate. I know I'm just had, leaning Travis Jones right now, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. You. you I, I think that this is a good area for to shore up the trench as well. And anytime you can do that. I think is a solid one. So Travis Jones is, is I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Just get, get another guy you can develop because you also I like that. Yeah. yeah. Al Woods is not getting any younger. No, You're going to have them no. and Puna Ford's a free agent next year. So let's yeah. add a guy that I think will be able to play for get them right away. In the future, for sure. Are. Okay. So we're going to be back in the clock at 70 and look, none of the players we were looking at got picked. So we actually have pick 72 coming up in a moment. I think we can still wait on Rashid Walker. Yeah. Till 72 the question is who do you want to pick between them because there are a few other edge guys we could look at I know we picked Boye Mafe earlier but I think Drake Jackson or Nick Benito they could use two of them when yeah. you have these kind of draft picks why not yeah I really think they need to double up on a premium position like edge or tackle um, so this is certainly an area I know not everyone is this high on, on Kingsley Agabari from South Carolina. He's more of a developmental guy. I think Drake Jackson is a bit more ready now than Kingsley would be. Um, so I, I would probably, and go, I just think he fits their scheme better. He's going right. to be overhang rusher. And you know, Pete Carroll likes those USC guys. So <laughs> even if he has no connections to them whatsoever, besides USC, I, I think we double up here. Let's get Drake Jackson. Yeah. I think has enough size. He can play defensive end yeah. too in their base fronts. Yeah, a little versatility there. I really do think either tackle or edge or both, you've got to double up on one of those for sure. So now the question we got to ask ourselves again, Draft Network, they've got their viewpoints. I think Rasheed Walker is going to go in the early to mid third round probably. He might even sneak into the second. 
He's an athletic tackle. There are some people that question if he can play left tackle. I am not in that group. I don't think he lasts to pick 109, which would be the next time we're on the board. It's a big gap, yeah. I I think that Trevor Penning, as athletic as he is, I think he's probably a right tackle in the league, at least to start off. I think that you would it would behoove you to add a player like Rasheed Walker, who's been a three-year starter in the Big Ten, going against a ton of stud pass rushers. To me, this is where you pick him. Yeah, I mean, he's going against Michigan and Ohio State guys. This is a good spot for him. And the Seahawks are practices. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 and when you double up on edge and tackle, you could do worse than than getting a two day two guys on each on each side of those. So um I I'm 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 for this pick too. He's you know, he's got great hands, he's powerful, he's gone up against elite competition. I think that's a solid pick. I just think it really checks off the box. You get two guys that I think fit their scheme, but you get a guy that can play left tackle. I think both of them could potentially play there. I just, I think Penning is going to be a nice fit at right tackle. So you could have your bookends for the next several years. Obviously we had to trade our fourth round pick as part of the deal moving back. So we have a very large gap here. So we would not have been able to get Rasheed Walker. And so while we are waiting here, For our day three selections, we only got a couple of them here. But while we're waiting, if you're like me and you're struggling to stick with your New Year's resolution, you need to try Built Bar. They're absolutely delicious, including Built Bar Puffs covered in 100% chocolate. It's a protein-infused marshmallow, a marshmallow on steroids, incredible flavors, including banana cream pie, which is my personal favorite. I can eat two or three of them in one sitting. And then you've got your regular Built Bars as well. Peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, orange cream. They come out with new delicious flavors every single month. So make sure to check out Built.com and see what they're cooking up this month. Under 200 calories, less than 5 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. It's the perfect pre-workout, post-workout, or just general snack to avoid candy bars. They have a lot more sugar and obviously don't have the protein and other health benefits that you're going to find with Built Bar. Make sure to check out Built.com and enter in the code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com. Enter in the code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. All right, Nick, we're continuing our Blue Friday seven-round mock draft. We are now well into day three. One of the downsides of making a trade back with the Saints to get two first-rounders is that we had to give up our fourth-round pick. So there's a huge gap from pick 72 all the way to pick 152. We get back-to-back selections, though. So you know how this goes. Looking at the list, players that are available, we have not picked a corner yet at this point. I'm already seeing one that immediately jumps out to me that I would be drafting in a heartbeat. But we haven't picked a corner. We haven't picked a running back. There's another edge if we wanted to go there. There's a center prospect, a few center prospects available. So we have a lot of options here, and we get to pick two guys in a row. Yeah, I know you like Hassan Haskins running back from Michigan. Um, I, I think that's a good pick. I think with how many running backs we've we've seen popped up here, this is a good spot. This is, I think, a spot where yep. you can find some decent running back talent and you don't get the pitchforks at the BMAC. <laughs> I think that this is a, this is a good uh, happy medium for that where you don't have such a drop-off in talent to where you're, you're just kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. So um, I, I'm I, Hassan, Hassan Haskins, I think, is is a solid pick. Sincere McCormick, I've also liked. I've, I've watched some of his film and, and a, a good athlete. So one of those two guys. Donovan West is another guy, an interior lineman who who has center potential. 
is a, is a guy I'm looking at as well. Just, I, I think that you really got to address that center position. Um, I've, I've been hammering that home all off season. And I actually have a prospect that I personally like better at center. There's actually two of them here that might be available to the Seahawks. Luke Fortner from Kentucky right. is still on the board. I'm scrolling down to see if Cam Jurgens he might have been picked at this point. I don't see him on our list. Yeah, I might have Maybe been. I skipped over him, but he might have been selected already at this point. But Luke Fortner, I actually am higher on at this point than Donovan West. I would be fine with either one of them, but this is going to be the running back coach and me speaking. I just think at this point, if you can get Haskins at pick 152, 228-pound battering ram, yeah, uh, sign me up. I think that's a natural replacement for Chris Carson, whether that's this year or next year. I think that he is your battering ram that you can team up with Rashad Penny. Yeah, because keep in mind, you know, both both Penny and Carson are set to be gone next year. So you're running back. This guy can be really a workhorse. He can be. I, I just like I, – and I know we might put too much stock in competition, but he he has run into some pretty darn good defenses in the Big Ten. And he's you know some big bodies, some beefy boys over there. Uh, in the Midwest, and I, I think that that's 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 that bodes well. So I, I'm a huge fan of, of doing uh, uh, picking Haskins there, and I, I am I'm kind of leaning towards getting Fortner here. Just you, you got you got to get a guy who can at least compete with Blythe and perhaps be a guy you, that you can develop behind him and get him to be that franchise center. Yeah, and some of our listeners will probably be watching like we haven't gotten a corner yet. Yeah, we are aware of that, but. The Seahawks might feel more comfortable with their corner group than they do some of these other spots. And I think I tend to agree with you. I just don't know that Austin Blythe is your long-term guy at center. And I think Luke Fortner in the fifth round, even Donovan West in the fifth round, I think both those guys, that's good value. I think they could be off the board end of day two, early day three. So they might not even be available at this juncture. I, I vote Fortner because he's been playing the SEC and he was – a starter for nearly 40 games. He plays bigger than his size. He's an engineering graduate, so you know he's smart. I just, to me, he's got to be the pick here. Yeah, Kentucky doesn't doesn't take stupid students. That's <laughs> a pretty decent school academically. So, um, yeah, my tiebreaker is competition. What kind of competition did you face? And the Pac-12 he was much honest, more durable than West was too. That too. Yeah, and I think uh, I think he just he looks more century. <laughs> Than Donovan West. I, he just, I, I, yeah, he looks like a prototypical center. Now, yeah. making that selection, I was, I was leaning towards Jalen Watson from Wazoo to to keep him in the Pacific Northwest, but I, I just can't skip over the possible opportunity there right. to get a guy that I think could be a long-term starting center that you get on day three. So we've got this really long gap here. We do have a seventh-round pick, two twenty-nine. This will be the last time that we are on the clock, I believe. And per our own rules, we can't make a trade to add another pick. So we've pretty much covered all the bases. We haven't got a corner safety or tight end. I'll tell you what, Nick, if this plays out this way and they can get a couple of these guys I see on the board right now in the seventh round, I won't care if they didn't draft a corner early. I I am a big fan of Matt Hankins, and he's a guy that is not getting talked about in the pre-draft process. But you know me and my Iowa players, they are ready to go when they come into the NFL, that program does such a great job. And he's just, you watch the film and he's just steady. He's reliable, kind of a skinny corner, but he plays more physical than you think. He's got good ball skills. He's just kind of a guy that's just been hovering under the radar. I like him. 
Demarion Williams, I think, could be a really good slot in the NFL. I don't know that this is big of a need for the Seahawks. And Kyler McMichael fits the size and the length stuff the Seahawks have always liked. I personally would go with Hankins of those guys, but I don't think you could go with any of those three players. Yeah, I think the universe is telling us we need to take a corner here. <laughs> three of the top four guys left on the board. That looks like our corners, as far as I can see. Yeah. Um, and, and I know people will bellyache because – you know, you've seen a lot of mocks now about uh, about the Seahawks taking Sauce Gardner, and then here we are in round seven without a cornerback in this one. It's quite different, but I, I do think the Seahawks feel pretty good about where they're at. In the, in, I don't think it's as dire of a need as maybe maybe other people are making it out to be, especially when you have tackle, center, quarterback, you know, big big needs out there. Um, but right now, the, the board's kind of breaking to where um, the cornerback is. I like McMichael's length and the measurables. I agree. Iowa is one of those programs where they either they either recruit or develop overachievers and and just smart guys that are have a high football IQ and I think that's just an excellent staff. So that's another tiebreaker for me. If I'm if I'm torn between a couple of guys, which of these programs is better at preparing guys to be a pro? And Iowa stands out as one of those that's consistently overachieving. They don't often get those blue chip five star guys that other guys in their own conference are getting, and then they line up and beat those guys on a consistent basis. So yep. uh, Hankins is a guy I think that, that, that if, if he fits that mold, certainly, and look seventh round, you're not, you're not looking for, you know, a perennial all pro let's be real. Some of these guys don't even make the team. I know we've been kind of spoiled. Well, Matt Hankins could maybe start in the NFL. Oh yeah. hundred percent. This is, this is a value, uh, a value pick for him for sure. I'm just saying that there's, there's, you know, don't be careful with expectations here at seventh, exactly. seventh round, but Hankins is a guy where if you have to pick a seventh rounder who you think that, could eventually develop into a starter. Hankins is a guy I think that you got you got to pick. I think that we got to go with the Iowa kid here. I I think that him and McMichael there'd be a little bit of a discussion in the draft room, but Hankins has length, so I like that pick to wrap up our draft. We're gonna have a minute here to look at the draft as a whole and what it might look like if the Seahawks trade DK Metcalf. Again, I think you and I would both agree this is not what we think will happen, and we don't want it necessarily. More once, yes. <laughs> Look at the amount of draft capital that we had. Look at the picks that we reeled in. First round, we get Trevor Penning. We got a future, uh, maybe a potential pro bowler, or even all pro tackle. He's got that kind of athleticism and upside. Desmond Ritter, we hope, can be our quarterback of the future. We get him at 19. Boy Mafe at 33 is just coming into his own. An incredible athlete off the edge. Quay Walker. Didn't play a lot at Georgia because Georgia kicks out like four linebackers for the NFL draft every year, but he's a darn good player. We get a receiver to help replace Metcalf and Christian Watson, who's 6'5", ran a 4'3'6". So he's got the speed and he's got the size. Travis Jones, the heir apparent for Al Woods, probably can play some meaningful snaps for you right away. We get him at 65. Another edge in Drake Jackson. Rasheed Walker, we get a more athletic tackle. Uh, maybe not more athletic, but a guy that I think fits the left side potentially better yeah. than Trevor Penning. You might have your two bookends. Hassan Haskins, the running back out of Michigan. We get a center that might be able to compete with Austin Blythe for snaps day one in Luke Fortner. And we get an intriguing corner that is well-prepared, playing at Iowa in Matt Hankins. Just look at the number of picks that we ended up with. 11 selections, and we had all but three of them inside the top 72. And we were able to really rebuild and reload this team with a lot of young talent. I can see uh, John Schneider is like that Vince McMahon meme where he's like, you know, like falling back in his chair with seeing all these, <laughs> all these picks coming in. Um, I, I, what I really like about this is you hit 
two of the premier premium positions that you need big time in edge and tackle twice. I, I think that's a that's a really underrated part because yeah, it, best case scenario, you found both your future starting tackles. I know that that that's a little bit of you know Disney wishful thinking maybe, but that that's something where you can start. And obviously Desmond Ritter, I, I have a, a higher opinion of him uh, than like a yeah Kenny Pickett. Um, or even Matt Corral, I, I think those two are, are pretty comparable, but I, I really like Desmond Ritter's traits and he's just a winner and uh, an athlete. So um, you got your franchise quarterback, best case scenario, you got your franchise quarterback, both tackles, you got depth at edge, you got maybe your heir apparent to, to, to Bobby Wagner, at least a good Batman and Robin with Jordan Brooks. And you maybe have a guy who has a lot of upside in, at corner, um, Hankins, Iowa kid in the seventh round. I, I Overall, you know, you hit a lot of points. We hit a lot of needs. This is not a team that doesn't – this doesn't look like a roster with that draft class that's going 3-14. and 14. No, and you're hoping that you – even if you hit on 60%, 70%. I know most drafts you're lucky if you hit on half, but, like, when you have that kind of capital – Especially Seattle. Yeah. When you have that kind of capital, though, if you have eight picks in the top 72, you better hit on most of those, especially in a draft class that has great depth at a number of positions of need, like edge – I think the tackle group is solid. The linebacking depth is fantastic. Uh, the, the corner depth, there's a reason you can get a guy like Matt Hankins maybe in the sixth or seventh round. Other years, he might be an early day three selection, but there's a lot of depth there. You have to take advantage of that. So this is, we've talked about it time and time again, this is a critical draft for John Schneider and Pete Carroll. They've got to knock it out of the park. And if they had that many picks, there's no excuse. You better get some difference makers. Their jobs are on the line. Guys that can start on day one. And I think we did that with this mock. I do too. And I, I think their jobs are on the line with this with this uh, draft. I think this is the oh, make or break draft. Well, as, at least especially for John Schneider. I mean, Pete Carroll, we know he's getting older, even though he doesn't act it. But this is this is the draft. This is an absolute, this is the most critical draft at such a juncture in the franchise, the history of the franchise of the Seattle Seahawks, where you can't screw it up. You just, you have to hit on, yeah, 50%, I think is, is at, at that minimum, you need to hit on at least half these picks. And one thing I want to remind our listeners of is that this was based off of a trade proposal from another locked on host. And you and I agree, DK Metcalf's probably not going anywhere. But Looking at this, if there was an offer made like the one we got from the Jaguars, from our friend Tony Wiggins, if we would have gotten an offer like that in real life, where you get three picks between 33 and 70, and you're already trying to load, you've already got three day three picks. I mean, that gives you so much flexibility. I would think they would at least consider it. You have to. But this is a mock draft. That is a mock trade. I don't anticipate it's going to happen, but maybe the one with the Saints in the beginning could if the Saints have a player they really want at pick number nine. And that's just going to make this so fun. Can't wait. We got two weeks until the 2022 NFL draft, less than two weeks until the first team is on the clock in Las Vegas. As always, thanks for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. You can follow me on Twitter, Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at Nick Lee. 51. Make sure to check out the Locked On Seahawks podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and five days a week streaming on YouTube. When we return on Monday, we're getting closer to the real draft. We're going to be taking a look at some more mock drafts from draft experts for a variety of places, including Fox, NFL.com, and ESPN. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.